You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Praise God. So just like to welcome in Cafe Church from downstairs, watching live on the screen on the live stream. Good to have you with us, Cafe Church. Welcome. And it's good to be gathered around God's Word. God's Word is the Bible, and it is our guideline. It is our blueprint. It is telling us the best way that you and I should live so we can not only please God and have a clear conscience, but it blesses us. Anyone else say amen? Amen. God's Word blesses us. And if we follow His Holy Word... Our lives are impacted in a blessed way. doesn't mean we don't have troubles and trials, but we have a way of escape. And that's what I want to look at today. I'm calling today's message up all night. How many people here? Anyone here was up all night last night? Troy. What happened? You couldn't sleep. Okay, well, we're going to pray for you, okay? We're going to pray you'll get a good night's sleep tonight. Sometimes people um, come to church and they were working all night in hospitals and so on. Other times we'll have mum and dads of young babies who were crying all night. But there's a place where we can be up all night. And I want to look at God's word. I'm going to look at a well-known psalm, Psalm 91, and see what does that tell us about rhythm? God's rhythm. And how can we move from, and sleep is just a sample of it, there's many ways it can manifest. How can we move from being up all night to be able to sleep all night? Now, Psalm 91 is a well-known psalm for some. It's a psalm that has given some of us great comfort and consolation over the years. But for many of us, it might be new as well. So, for example, to sleep is where your body, my body, your mind, my mind, we repair. In actual fact, sleep is a very interesting topic. Because in the Bible, for the believer, when we die, it's compared to sleep. And each night when you go to sleep, that's what death is compared like for the Christian And it's a very interesting concept, and I I don't have time to go into it today. But death is not the big fear that it can sometimes be for those who have no faith. So when we look at the rhythm of our lives, we see that, number one, God is really interested in every detail of your life. Every detail. Every detail. God is interested. Not in a controlling way, in a loving way fatherly way. So we're going to look at Psalm 91 and I pray, O Lord, that you would send your Holy Spirit and that your word would breathe life and be life-giving to us this morning. I pray you would break down every barrier, every argument that is said against, not me, but against your word. And I pray that every man and woman in this place would have an open mind and an open heart to hear what you would say to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've said it before, and forgive me if I'm boring you, but Christianity 
has its roots in the Jewish faith. So the Jews who believe in the Old Testament are still waiting for the Messiah to come. As Christians, we believe and we know that the Messiah came and his name is Jesus. Jesus. So we have the New Testament, but we also have the Old. Now we interpret the Old Testament through the lens of the New Testament. Right now I've got glasses on and I'm slightly short-sighted. So in order for me to see your lovely faces down the back, I have to have glasses on. I can see it through the lens that I'm wearing. In a similar way, when we read the Old Testament or we listen to it, we need to interpret it through the lens of the New Testament because we're Christians. However, it's very foolish of us not to understand how the Jews used to live their lives in a rhythm according to the scriptures and according to the Old Testament. And Psalm 91 is part of something called the Shema. The Shema is a Hebrew word and it basically means it encapsulates the very first call to faith of the Jews. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And the Shema encapsulates this and points towards, I'm going to do a bit of preaching and a bit of teaching today. The Shema points towards a rhythm, a pattern in your life. And Psalm 91 was part of that pattern because every Old Testament believer would read Psalm 91 at the end of the day before they'd go to bed. And many Orthodox Jews today still do the same. And let's remember when people would read the Bible and when the Jews would read the Bible back then, they didn't read it like this. They read it out loud. It's only in the Middle Ages that people started reading silently. It was always the case in biblical times and in the early church that you would read out loud. Get the picture. You're going to bed every night. And out loud, you're reading God's word. So it's not just visual, it's audible. And the more senses that you can grasp to get a message home, the stronger that message will be. That's why we use a lot of photographs uh, and illustrations. Usually we use videos as well. And we do that because it engages you and me visually as well as just hearing audibly. So this is really important. We try and get every sense. And this is what the Old Testament Jews, they're reading before they go to bed. And it's powerful. So I'm just going to highlight maybe half, little more than half of Psalm 91. And I'm just going to read it out. But I want you to picture yourself before you go to bed, reading this out loud. And Cafe Church, you can throw up the uh, scriptures, the next three slides. Psalm 91. The one who lives in God's presence will be secure under his protection. The Lord will be your refuge. Trust in him. Be safe. The Lord will rescue you from hidden traps and deadly diseases. His faithfulness is like the city walls. You will not fear the terror of the night, or the arrow that flies by day. And you won't fear diseases 
that can strike in the dark. Or sudden disaster at noontime. Many may fall around you, but you won't be harmed. The Lord says, if you love me and truly follow me with all your heart, then I will rescue you and I will keep you safe. So when you're in trouble, call out to me. I will answer you and I'll be there for you with long life. I will satisfy you and I will show you my salvation. Oh, hallelujah. This is one of my favorite Psalms. Every time I read it, I get goosebumps. What promises? What power? What majesty is contained within it? And what a signpost for your life and my life as to how we should ordain the rhythm of how we live. Now the Orthodox or religious Jew today and the Old Testament Jews, they would have prayers and readings for every time of the day. When they got up, when they had their various meals, when they started work, when they finished work, when they went to bed and so on. Why was it so important for them to read this before they go to bed? Because it speaks of the heartbeat of the Father. And it tells us how God wants to protect us and enhance our quality of life here. It's very interesting. You know, David said in another psalm, he said, I will meditate, O God, on your law, on your word, day and night. How do you meditate in the night? Aren't we asleep? Well, I don't know about you, but any time I've watched a movie late at night, when I wake up the following morning, very often, the first thing that pops into my head is the movie I saw. Why? Because it would have been going through my mind throughout the night. So, I remember discovering this years ago, and then I said one day, well, if it's working with a movie, maybe it'll work with God's word. And I started reading a psalm every night before I'd go to sleep. Last thing, even if Denise said, give me attention, I'd say, shh, I'm reading God's word. In the name of goodness. <laughs> and her hand would reach over and I said, I'm reading the Bible, be quiet, woman. Oh. No, I love my, life, my wife as well. But I would read something in the scripture. By the way, Denise is traveling back with the teenagers um, on the bus, so she'll be here a little later on. But I would read something of the Bible. And do you know what happened when I'd wake up the following morning? That's what would come into my head. So throughout the night, subconsciously, it's not some dopey, trashy movie that's going around in my head. It's God's word. So these Jews, without knowing any of this psychology or whatever, I searched it up. Loads of Christians apparently practice it. I had never known that. This is many years ago. But the Jews were following a pattern, a rhythm that was good for them mentally and in many other ways. Look at some of these wonderful verses. The Lord will be your refuge. Trust in him and be safe. I don't need to expound on this, but I will say this. If you have never known God to be your refuge, if you have never known the joy of confidence and safety, even when all the world is collapsing around you, you can by inviting him into your life. Amen. Yeah. 
The Lord is your refuge. Trust in him and be safe. His faithfulness is like the city walls. When Denise and I were on holidays there a few weeks ago in France, we took a trip to um, a medieval city uh, in northeast Brittany called St. Malo. And when we were there, there's an old, real old, preserved part of the town, and it's called Intramuros. And all around that area is the city walls, preserved from medieval times. They called them the ramparts. And I said to Denise, let's walk on the ramparts, because there, you could walk on top of them. And that word ramparts, you'll read that in some of the older versions of the Bible, like King James and so on, instead of city walls. And as we were walking along, they were really high, really high, incredibly thick. And I was thinking, and I said to Denise, how could anyone back then get through these walls? And so the Old Testament believers... That was their experience of God. How can anyone attack me in a, in a deadly way when God is my protection? And as I walked those walls, I thought of this psalm, and I thanked God for the protection in my life. And do you know as I reflected, do you know the big thing God has protected me from? Myself. And the dumb decisions I've made over the years at times, both as a person and even as a pastor and stupid things. The Bible says, even when we're not faithful, God remains faithful. Hallelujah. And I thanked my God and I praised my Savior as I walked those medieval walls. And I rejoiced that I have known by experience as well as by conviction in my mind and intellect and in my heart, my soul, that God is like a faithful God and he is like the city walls. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But then we come to the whole epicenter of this psalm. And maybe in Cafe Church you could throw up the next slide. It's verse 5 and 6. You will not fear the night terrors. You won't fear the arrows by day. You won't fear diseases that can strike in the dark. And you won't fear sudden disaster. And the photograph I've thrown up is simply um, a guy with a, a mark on his face. Because I want to make the point that some really, and I say it with respect, very well-intentioned Christians read a psalm like this. And you know what they say? They say, you'll never have any trouble. You won't ever get sick. You will never have any disaster happen to you. You won't know any issues. And in a very well-meaning way, what they're doing is they are misinterpreting and going too far in what God's word says. The Bible never promises that as Christians or in the Old Testament, the Jews, that they would never have any trouble. It never promised that. But what it did promise is if we have trouble, we have a way of escape. And we have someone who will fight on our side. And we have someone who will rescue us. And someone who will heal us. So we are the most fortunate people on earth. Would anyone say amen? amen. Remember that book some of you around years ago? Remember the old full gospel businessmen's book? Demos Shakarian, the happiest people on earth. We are. Because we've got the best God you could ever have. And this is the promise of God that if we get into his rhythm and if we love and follow him with all our heart, then he starts promising. So what do these promises mean in a realistic way? Well, 
Let's just go through them. The terror of the night. That's symbolic of the mind. So the mind, isn't it true for you that if you have a problem or you've got an issue, it's amplified in the night? Yeah? yeah? yeah. I mean, you deal with it in the day, but I don't know, in the dark and there's nothing going on, it's like it amplifies. And usually there's a fingerprint of someone behind that, in my experience, and it's the enemy, and he will amplify it. So this promise of God is about the minds, the attack on the minds. The arrow is about the attack that attacks us emotionally and spiritually. And I can go into all the reasons if you're interested. But, I mean, emotionally, even in, the, in, in our culture, we talk about um, arrows in our hearts and so on. If someone who lo you love says something cruel to you or ignores you, you, it's like there's a dagger in your heart. It hurts. It hurts. Or spiritually, the scripture talks about the fiery arrows or the fiery darts of the enemy that are pointed at those who believe. It's like an attack at us. And so here we see, it's not saying it won't happen. It's saying God will rescue us out of this. God will provide a way of escape. The Lord will make sure we're okay and he'll get us through this difficult time. Whether it's a panic attack or anxiety, whether it's a broken heart, if it's a spiritual demonic attack, the Lord is saying, I'll help you through. What about the disease that can strike in the dark? In other words, we don't know what it is. The worst thing so often for someone who's sick is waiting for test results to come back. And no one knows what it is. And I have sat with so many people who were afraid it was cancer. And they're waiting for the results to come back. And I've seen the enemy torment good Christians and steal their joy and their peace. And they wait months. And at the end, very often, it's not that at all. It's something far less. But they've lost those months because the enemy is just doing a night terror thing in their head. Or there's fiery arrows going into their hearts. Doesn't mean we don't take medical help, whether it's mental or physical. We praise God. God raises people up and we need professionals. But... There's often a spiritual, big spiritual component. And then we have the external things. Disaster that can happen to you and to me. This is external. So, if you lose your job, it's, it's external. Or if your house burns down, or someone crashes into you, and on and on. It's an external issue. This Sam... This tiny little Sam that is hidden away in the Old Testament that we might just glance through once a year for two minutes actually encompasses the whole of our life experience and actually invites you and me to get into a rhythm, a state of mind where we invite God in constantly into our lives and we are given the opportunity to live a far more blessed way and a far more biblical way than the way we do when we just kind of slide in naturally. Even when you think of the mental part of this, the mind. I love what the author, the pastor, and the broadcaster, one of the most intelligent men you can ever listen to, Bishop T.D. Jakes from Potter's House in Texas, he says this, if you think down, you will go down. If you think up, you will go up. You will always travel in the direction of your thinking. 
You see, you and I never go anywhere without first going in here. I have never met anyone who's had an affair with someone without first visiting it in their head. Right through the scripture, we are told this. Philippians, whatever is good, whatever is faithful, whatever is noble, whatever is of good report, meditate, think on these things. We're also warned in the scripture to capture every argument that sets itself up against the word of God. Capture it. So I'm thinking about these Jews on their knees, out loud every night reading the Psalms and sleeping through the night with God's word in their dreams. And they hear the Holy Spirit. And God looks down and he sees their faithfulness. So that when a night terror strikes, they get out of it. They get out of it. Even straight away. Even straight away. In my opinion, and I've pastored a long time, every year, panic and anxiety is multiplying. Multiplying with people. More and more young people, teenagers. Do you know what? One of the biggest, it's a great blessing, but one of the biggest curses, it's that. Yeah. That mobile phone. And I use it as much as anyone. But some young people, they're so tuned into it, and people are bullying them and trying to impact them. And it's like a little idol. It becomes a little devil sometimes. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with mobile phones. Praise God for them. But, oh man. I think it's increasing panic and anxiety. And I can see it again and again in so many people. Every year, more and more, more panic, more anxiety. And, and, and the media is telling us, you're not good unless you have a body like her or a body like him. And then we feel, I don't have a body like that. I mean, I do, like, but I'm thinking of all of you, like, you know. What are you laughing at? Marianne, what are you laughing at? I'll sort you out later. How dare you? <laughs> but you know what it's like. It's like, this is the ideal body. And it's all airbrushed. It's fake. Or as we say in Cork, machia. It's machia. It's fake. But that's the standard. And so if you've got a bit of maturity, you'll go, not at all. This is all fake. But not everyone has that maturity. And so this creeps in. And so we begin to get caught up in the spirit, the zeitgeist, the spirit of the age. And it drags us down and it starts impacting us mentally. But oh my goodness, if we get on our knees before we go to bed every night and we start reading out loud God's word and it begins to become part of who we are. And every time this body beautiful thing attacks you, you know what you'll think about? You'll think about the word of God that you read out loud last night. And that will just shatter the lie in the culture. And it's not just young people. It's every age. Any of the older people say amen. We all know what a bit of an attack looks like, don't we? And feels like. Look at the promise. Look at the promise. I love these promises. Hallelujah. If you love me and you follow me, look at it. I will answer you. I will protect you. I will rescue you. I need rescuing from time to time. Hallelujah. I need Jesus. He's the one. He's the hope. He's the way. He's the truth. He is the life. He is. 
And you can walk out in that street in two minutes and they'll tell you something different. I don't care. He's the only one who can rescue us and take us from death and from drowning. Hallelujah. He is the one. I love it when he says in verse 7, Many may fall around you, but you will not be harmed. No, no, we're getting somewhere really here. Because it does happen to the Christian. But now we're beginning to see, but you won't be harmed. I can remember 1983, November. In work, I worked for a company. There were 30 of us in, a, in an office here in Cork. And back then, the trade unions were very important in a, in a workplace. And our company decided they were going to relay a message to us. They had a Dublin headquarters. They had a second office in Cork and then a smaller one in Galway. And this is 1983, and there was a recession hit Ireland. And we were all called in by the trade union official. He had an announcement to make because the company had been on to him. And the 30 of us gathered in the biggest office, and the trade union official announced, and it was a wet, grey day. It was cold in November, and people wanted to go home. And he said, the company are closing everything down. You're going to lose your job. Now, if you lose your job today, you'd probably fairly easily get another job. There's a lot of work around. But back then, there was a recession. There was a lot of places closing down. And I'll never forget the panic that just swept through that room. Because a lot of people had children, had taken out mortgages. Denise and I had just taken out a mortgage six months earlier. And back then, the interest rate was 14.5%. It was like hyperinflation time. So half our salary was going, just keeping the mortgage. And I can remember the panic. Some of the girls started to cry. I remember one of the guys got really angry, and he went and he punched the door. And so all of this is breaking out. And I'm there, I'm a Christian, maybe two and a half years or something. And I felt the panic. It started coming in. I was like, how am I going to pay the mortgage? I'm going to have to sell the car. What? And straight away, literally... I kid you not, a peace descended upon me. And I said, I have Jesus. Amen. I have Jesus. And so everyone around me was panicking. And I just felt a peace that passed all understanding. And so I didn't know the future, but I knew the God who held the future. Hallelujah. And what happened, a couple of months later, the company said, okay, we won't close it down. We'll just uh, make half of you redundant. The whole time I had a peace, and I knew God was in control. And so they made half the place redundant, but I wasn't made redundant. They kept me on. They said, I had such a great body. We just got to keep you, buddy. <laughs> Your face is just second. They kept me on. Was it because I was a great worker? I don't think so. I think it was just God's favor. God had my back. Does he have your back? If you love him, he does. If you love him, he does. And for another six years, I kept on working there. And I remember then, six years later, it really came to a time I wanted to start working for the Lord. 
and we had kids, and it really would have suited if I was offered a redundancy package. And guess what? Six and a half years later, the company said, we'd like to close down one or two places. Is anyone interested in voluntary redundancy? And I said, yes, hallelujah. So what was one time a curse actually turned out to be a great blessing later. You see, God's timing is the, what, is the differentiation between what can be a curse and a blessing in your life. What on one day won't work out, another day can be a great blessing. And so I knew the blessing, but I remember that psalm. Many may fall around you, but you will not be harmed if you love and you follow him. As I come towards the conclusion, he says, with long life I will satisfy you. Not only is there the promise of long life, there's the promise of a quality, a satisfaction. Why are all the medical reports, World Health Organization, United Nations, led by people with no faith, they keep saying, it's people of faith who are active in their faith live the longest. Check it out. They live a healthier lifestyle. They are healthily mentally because they're part of a community. Very often they're singing out loud, which apparently mentally and physically is very good for us. So when you come and praise God, you're blessing yourself as well. And so people of faith tend to live longer, but with long life he will satisfy us. And look at the promise, I will show you my salvation. Not just in heaven, praise his name for that, but even in this life, we'll see God's salvation. I feel prophetically for someone here, and God has told me to share this, Psalm 92, you will still bear much fruit in old age. There is someone here who is saying, or maybe the enemy is saying it in your head, you're too old now. You're too old. That's it. I counteract that lie. Because God is saying to someone here, you will bear much fruit in your old age. Hallelujah. Don't let the devil shut you down. There is no retirement in the kingdom of God. There is no redundancy in the kingdom of God. There is always opportunity for us to serve God and bless one another. You need never be idle. Hallelujah. So if that's you, ask God to use you even more. You've got maturity, you've got wisdom, you've got experience. It is so needed. Final verse, final slide. So when you're in trouble... When you're in trouble, call out to me. That's what the Lord says. So if in your experience, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, or something external is coming to attack you, that's okay. It happens to all of us, happens to me, happens to you. But don't just let it happen. Call out to the Lord. Invite him in. Let's start breaking down old rhythms in our lives and putting in godly rhythms in our lives so that when the attack comes, straight away we're ready. Think of the Old Testament Jew. I will not fear the terror of the night or trouble from the wicked when it comes. And he keeps reading that out loud every night. And then someday trouble comes to his door. What's he going to think of? Oh no, he's going to think, I will not fear the terror of the night or trouble from the wicked when it comes. God's word is part of his DNA. And so he's protected and he's calm or she's calm and he's able. 
And so today, brothers and sisters, prophetically, I feel the Lord is saying, can I show you this type of salvation? Praise God for everyone who knows the Lord here. But the Lord wants to show you the depth and the riches and the quality of his salvation. Not that you won't have trouble, but that God will rescue you. Amen. We can see miracles. And we have. And so we need to invite the Lord in. And so could with the band come up please. And thank you Cafe Church for listening. The guys are going to pray with you down there now. We're just going to pray. And if you're in trouble today, this is the place you call out to the Lord. And it mightn't be you, but it might be someone you care about. You're the one who's here today. And maybe the one you love isn't. Well, how about you calling out for them? Will we stand? We're going to sing that beautiful song that we sang earlier. I found a love. I found a love greater than life itself. The words of this so encapsulate the heartbeat of the psalm. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to move in this last section of our gathering this morning. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to speak into our souls. We're going to sing, and I'm going to do a call for prayer. But let's sing the song. Can we throw up the words, thank you, Ravi? Praise God. Sing it through words. So when I call on your name, you answer. When I fall, you're there by my side. When I fall, you are there by my side. You deliver me out of darkness. You deliver me out of darkness. Now I stand in the hope of my grace. By grace I'm free. aged about three or four hiding terrified under a bed afraid to come out and the Holy Spirit would say there's an adult here and inside you feel like that little child afraid to come out and this is what God's Holy Spirit is speaking prophetically into your soul today is the day that my hand my nail-pierced hand reaches under that bed and he's asking that child, as it were, to take that hand and come out from hiding because fear is like cancer, but courage is healing to your bones. Could I ask that we close our eyes on stage and off stage? If you identify with that, I'm not going to call you up but you do need to own it. And I'm just going to pray in the privacy here. If that's you, will you lift up your hand and then you take it down again? Okay, 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 okay. I think we have four people. Just going to ask that you receive what I pray now. I pray a double portion 
of courage and the Holy Spirit would come upon you and that little child who has been stunted in their spiritual growth would know a power of God right now reaching out and bringing you out from that place where you are not yourself and I pray now Lord that you would pour out a healing into our brothers and sisters who identify with that word may their hand that was put up just now be the beginning of their journey of courage to become the man and woman they were always meant to be we are no longer children may that aspect that prison end today in your life in jesus name and everyone who cared said you're in trouble or there's someone you love has an issue in the mind in the soul in the emotions in their body or externally in their lives we because I have someone I need to pray for we need to call out to the Lord because there's trouble there let's see how God can move in a great way if that's you would you lift up your hand for yourself or maybe it's for someone else Okay, so we have a lot of hands. We're going to sing the song again, and I'm going to invite you to come up to the top. Let's see if the Holy Spirit will move in this last section of our gathering. Let's pray up there. Whether it's your trouble or the trouble of someone you dearly love, will you put that person or that issue in your two hands and lift them up to the Lord? Jesus, we lift them up now and we're handing this over to you. We bring into our lives your rhythm. Can you say amen? And we believe you're the God who will rescue us or our loved ones. Amen. In our minds, in our souls, in our hearts, in our bodies or externally rescue deliver and show us your love in jesus name we pray emmanuel can you step forward The living God would say you have been traveling and you have been driving as it were in a 30 kilometer zone and you have been wondering how slow and how long and in your patience and faithfulness the Lord has watched you and seen you but now you are about to come to a faster speed limit and the Lord says you're coming to a 120 kilometer zone and the Lord would say you are going to speed up and the Lord is going to speed up what he has already begun in your life so that which is burdened in your heart right now that which you have handed over on the altar right now says the Lord I'm going to bring you from 30 to 120 and you're going to see the little bits of progress are going to be multiplied in your life and in the 
life of those you love because even now as you're in the house of God your heavenly father is opening and closing doors and I am moving on those who have decision power in your life and I am changing and moving around things in the heavenly so that my perfect will will be brought about in your life so prepare your mind and your heart for an explosion of God's blessing and those who come against you come against me remember says the Lord I have your back amen amen praise God um, I feel the Lord is saying to someone else who has come to a part of their journey and their walk and it's like the road has ended and I saw a vision of a huge crater like a bomb on a road and you can't go any further and today you've come here because this is the end as it were not the end of your faith but of that issue you just can't see a way around it you know in the Catholic Church growing up as a Catholic they had a guy called Jude and he was the patron saint of hopeless cases and we can laugh at that but you know what they tapped into something and sometimes you and I have a hopeless case going on in our lives lots of other things are great but maybe this is or maybe this person is and I feel the Lord saying today if you've come to the end of that road you need to bring it here right now so if that's you I want you to lift up your right hand you know this is the end of something and you can't see a way out of it can I ask our other brothers and sisters to return to your seats and I can I ask you to come up here do you know what we're going to do and I'm going to challenge everyone with respect, will you join with us? Let's have a little bit of faith and let's pray for a miraculous breakthrough. Is anyone up for praying for that for these guys? A breakthrough that is miraculous. Can you come? I'm feeling lonely. You're very far away. Come, come closer, guys. Come closer. I just want to make sure I'm not misinterpreting someone who's just in the front row. Praise God. Will we lift up our hands? We pray for a miracle. Will anyone down there say amen? A miraculous breakthrough. Come, Holy Spirit. A breakthrough that goes beyond every physical explanation. We pray that in the heavenly places now, something extraordinary would start happening. And this end of the road is not the end, it's a new beginning because our God is about to do something new. So come Holy Spirit and break the hold of the enemy, open the door and set our brothers and sisters and those they care about free from this terrible closed door. And so, Jesus, we believe you are the God of miracles, and we pray a miracle now in Jesus' name. We do it in all sincerity. We have a little bit of faith. We have no agenda. We just care that our brothers and sisters would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So break through and set them free in Jesus' name. 
Amen. If I didn't get to touch your forehead, would you just come up? I just want to lay hands on you while the others go down. A miracle in this situation in Jesus' name. Come Holy Spirit, a miracle in this life in Jesus' name. Jesus, would you open the door? Miraculous breakthrough. Come Holy Spirit, miraculous breakthrough in your life in Jesus' name. We pray for a miracle in your life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Miraculous breakthrough. Come Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys. Praise God. Can I put out a final challenge to you? Is anyone here willing this week before you go to bed to read Psalm 91 out loud? Okay, I'm not taking names, okay? I'm not going to check your CCTV in your bedroom or whatever, like you're, you're fine, you're grand. But let's see the difference. Okay, very good. Let's see the difference this makes. That a week of reading God's word out loud like the Old Testament believers did, like the New Testament believers did. Let's see how it impacts us. And if your partner isn't a believer, go into the toilet or something and do it in there. It doesn't have to be by the bed. But get on your knees, read this short psalm, Psalm 91, and sleep through the night with this going through our heads and our hearts. Amen. Thank every one of you so much for coming and joining us. We really appreciate it. We've coffee and tea in the atrium upstairs uh, for the next half an hour. The band are going to play us out. If you want to worship for a little, you can. Others are going upstairs. God bless and keep you. And we'll see you next Sunday. Praise